Hi, I'm Brewers News Editor Matt Kirkegaard, and welcome to this special edition of Brewery Pro, looking at the crop report from the 2022 hop harvest released today by Hop Products Australia, or HPA. I'm joined by HPA's Sales and Marketing Manager, Owen Johnston, to talk us through the numbers of this year's hop harvest, and most importantly, what they mean for brewers. You can find a link to the report in the show notes. Also, Owen discusses some additional content that HPA created as part of its virtual harvest program. There's a link to that in the show notes as well. Enjoy my conversation with Owen Johnson. Owen Johnson, welcome to Brewery Pro and uh, the 2022 HPA Hop Report. Thanks, Matt. Nice to be joining you uh, again for um, again again for talking about uh, how we went this year. <laughs> well, yeah, Matt. I, I guess this is the busy time of year for you guys. You roll into harvest, but then harvest is only uh, you know the, the the tip of the iceberg because you've got to get those hops dried, packaged, processed, and 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 ready for market. Yeah, that's exactly right, Matt. So, you know, the the whole year's calendar for hop growing and selling business it just doesn't stop. Um, you know, the hard work of harvest and the team involved in growing and bringing in the hops um, have done their major piece of work. And then, like you say, it's um, down to almost like more of the manufacturing side and the sales side. So it's, uh, you know, the production of pellets. It's um, uh, the nuts and bolts of working out export shipping schedules, uh, which obviously has some complexity at the moment, um, allocation to contracts and uh, the nuts and bolts side of, um, of of fulfilling our promises to the brewers out there. We might actually come back and talk about shipping at the end because it is a little bit outside of the hop report, but it's still obviously something that's very valuable. But let's talk about some of the headline figures. This year, 810 hectares um, across the three farm, farms, up from 675 hectares last year, producing uh, 1.656 metric tonnes, up from 1.526 last year. Some big growth there. Yeah, uh, in, in some ways, really, really pleasing result. You know, for us, the headline here is that we um, have completed our long-running expansion, um, the $35 million capital project to increase productivity, establish new gardens, that whole Buffalo River Valley site has um, has come online. Um, the picking shed out there, uh, which unfortunately we haven't been able to show off in the last couple of years. Uh, we, look for, <laughs> we look forward to doing that in 2023. Um, it's got both its downhower pickers, all its picking, uh, all its uh, cleaning banks and kiln floors are fully operational. So, you know, immense amount of work that the team um, behind the scenes can be really proud of and uh, and of course uh, yeah like you say a 20 percent increase in um, acreage covered for a net gain of 8.4 percent year on year across the across the varieties so for me um, so so much to be uh, pleased about you know with especially with that significant milestone um, coming to conclusion you raised the expansion, which we've touched on in in the past, particularly when you announced it, but to have that on stream, there are so many wheels within wheels within hop production, aren't there? Because on one hand, hops are the thing that in many ways has driven the craft beer growth. The demand for hops has increased. We're seeing more acres under, you know, trellis um, and higher and, and, and yields are increasing, but 
production is a pinch point, isn't it? And you know there is some significant infrastructure that goes on goes into making these hops ready. Yeah, and and, and uh, there's quite a story there. Let's unpack it really briefly. It's like we have. Uh, I actually believe it's like it starts with the consumer trend looking for diversity and flavour forward hop driven beers. That took time to feed back into breweries to offer those beers, and then it took time to feed back up the supply chain to the hop farm. And, and our, our pivot of our entire acreage from sort of 2009 onwards to this modern array of proprietary varieties takes time. So, you know, the, the consumer trend driving that change of acreage and the, and the variety mix to its current form, leaving all the bittering hops behind. We didn't grow a single variety, a single bittering specific variety this year, you know, so that's how far we've come. Then, Matt, the next sort of phase, and this is where the snake's going to eat its tail, is that is that the hop farm is still producing new cultivars of interest every year, trying to drive flavour diversity for brewers to present choice and variety back to consumers. So here we are coming full circle. Uh, I, I kind of fundamentally believe it's a consumer-led change, but we're happy to play our part by feeding back into that with uh, new flavour. Uh, and, of course, our, our most recent variety release was Eclipse, um, which had a really strong year this year and as, as part of our um, expansion plans to to build that up to a really significant um, hop in our portfolio behind Galaxy and Vic Secret. So up 87% on last year, not, not through a fantastic season, I might say, but through structural <laughs> increase. Well, well, you'd only launched it uh, last year, um, hadn't you? So you, you are very much in that ramping up phase um, of, of increasing plantings. That's true, and we can we're going to continue to do that. We have some maturity um, and some new gardens to come into production. So, so production of Eclipse will continue to ramp up. Um, you know, and, and I would encourage people to reach out to their reps and 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 try. Um, availability is really good, um, and that's that's not something I can say across the board. But um, Eclipse is um, yeah in a really good spot for us, and strategically we're um, positioned to go forward with it really strongly. Let's jump back and talk about uh, the, the the numbers then for for, for this year. Um, acreage was up twenty percent. Um, yield was up eight point four percent. That reflects uh, not so much the growing year, but the fact that it, that there is a spin up period for the the, the new for, for yields on the on the, on the new um, acreage. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, but I would qualify that statement with saying that um, you know for a twenty percent land base increase for an 8.4% yield increase, we, we might have expected more. I would say that that we have, um, you know, uh, in a modelling sense, we have a discount applied to first year um, hop fields. So, you know, they, we don't expect them to produce at full um, full capacity. Like you say, they'll, they'll spin up over, over a season or two. Um, but I would say that they did come in quite light, even with that discount. So, we sort of reflected on this season and, and don't think we had a great a great yield. Uh, we might have expected more, um, but what net net we're able to cover contracts, which is our first and primary objective. Objective is to cover our promises to our customers. Everything uh, has two or three threads. I want to pull out. Let, let's talk about that because last year there was a bit of a shortfall because of the growing season, and there were, there were some concerns around contracting last year. But in the end. That wasn't a problem for you, I understand, and it's certainly not a problem this year looking ahead. First and foremost, yeah, the pleasing message is that we're going to cover contracts out of the 2022 crop, so that's great. Um, 2021 was a difficult season um, 
thankfully, um, brewing quality came through and delivered. And so um, dealing with yield um, fluctuations, if, if you recall, um, Ella tanked a bit um, and we, uh, I think Topaz and Cascade also came in under expectation. And, you know, we manage that um, through our own responsible contracting and, and the audience will know, you know, as I've been banging this drum for quite some time, we only contract up to 85% of what our, you know, budgeted production is in order to give us that buffer if if agriculture does let us down. So in that way, we're already a step ahead in managing um, below expectation results. And um, and so last year, yep, we, we worked with some key customers to ensure that um, everyone was in balance, so to speak. And yeah, so the, the, the short-term pain of, of under expectation results um, was successfully managed um, this year, like I say, we're going to cover contracts. The spot availability between the different varieties is um, is variable. You know, for instance, you know, pleasingly, you know, there's Vic and Eclipse um, and Enigma available on the spot, um, but um, you'll see Galaxy and Ella, Cascade and Topaz, um, very, very tight spot availability. Now, I, I think spot market availability is really important. Um, so it's always disappointing when a key variety like Galaxy is going to be persistently tight through the year, um, it reduces our ability to be flexible with with customers who are growing. You know, if a, if a beer takes off out in the market and it's built on Galaxy, bless you, first of all, thank you. And uh, but secondly, <laughs> we're in a we're in a bit of a corner, uh, and we're going to be managing the Galaxy supply side throughout the coming year. I can I can already tell that. You talked about eighty five percent contracting because it is an agricultural product and that means you're very much beholden to the seasons. It was interesting to read in this one, you know, parts of uh, the, the East Coast certainly had far too much rain this year, um, but there was a, a, a lot, um, you know, over average rain for the Victorian hop fields, less rain uh, than average for Tasmania. Um, how did that play out in, in terms of the, the the two growing regions yeah a really interesting observation of the of the seasonal conditions on the two in the two areas um, and f- you know f- for guys who haven't been on the farms um, the Buffalo Valley and the ovens Valley where our two Victorian sites are are literally across one range there are you know maybe 10 k's as the crow flies so they're quite close to each other but significantly um, protected from the sort of microclimatic events like like isolated hail uh, from each other. So there's, but when we zoom out a little bit and we talk about rain in the region, um, first of all, I'd note that all those um, and Matt, you'll you'll have have lived experience for this. All of those storm sets that came through, and and there was a mm. lot of the eastern seaboard that got their feet very wet. Um, the Victorian growing regions, I'd say those those edge of those storm sets came through in about 150 k's north. So mm-hmm. we had some very wet conditions, but not damaging. Um, okay. So through the through the season, access to paddocks and execution of on-farm activities was compromised. We did struggle because of the wet season, and perhaps that flows through. And we, we certainly believe that the execution of our calendar on-farm is, is, is absolutely critical to um, delivering good results. Tasmania, on the other hand, um, just... Um, the it's fast, quite fascinating for me because I don't understand it, frankly. The um, <laughs> the the, um, the impact of the of the 
La Nina weather system meant um, almost no rain in Tasmania for three months. Now, that's not a cause for panic. We have the mighty Derwent River and uh, the, the tributary, the Styx River, that runs into the Derwent right, mm. right through the middle of the farm. We have great water rights and, and it's part of what makes us a successful long-run um, hop-growing region. Uh, we do have good access to water. So even if it's not falling out of the sky, we're okay. So, yeah, just an interesting observation while not being um, as catastrophic as it might sound in the headline. Was there uh, much difference between the two growing regions as a result in terms of yield or the uh, you know, analysis of the hops? Strangely enough, yields were closer than we've seen, the actual um, quantity per hectare was closer than we've seen and Bushy Park's um, oil total oils in uh, hops like Galaxy was as high as I can remember so in fact the growing regions although we've observed some different um, seasonal conditions the actual outputs were uh, closer than I've ever seen them which is which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. We obviously had a La Nina season this year and I was reading on the weekend that there is even the potential for a third consecutive La Nina next year. Is that something that you guys are tracking? (laughs) (laughs) For those who are listening, OJ just grabbed his face. Uh, Uh, Look, um, only because those, um, you know, wetter and cooler conditions, we know we we need access to our farms. Um, We need to roll heavy machinery. We need, um, you know, we need bright, hot, conditions to finish off the crop uh you know through february uh you know we need really strong seasonal signaling we need in march for harvest you know we need cold nights not just to punish the tractor drivers but we need cold nights to help the (laughs) biology of the plant keep moving um warm days cold nights right when we need them you know so uh, i would say maybe if we could get away from this weather pattern that'd be a good thing (laughs) something that i found very intriguing um was the report says both growing regions experienced record low levels of solar radiation. Um, what? So is that direct sunlight into the growing areas? That's right. Um, so it's a measure. It's a measure of how much light is 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 getting through. Um, typically um, impacted by you know cloud cover, for instance. So uh, not necessarily correlated to temperature because cloud cover itself can can retain heat you know down under the cloud cover um, and what we what we saw was um, yeah both regions um, by quite a substantial amount um, record low solar uh, solar radiation you know and, and I, look again we really struggle as a niche of a niche industry um, to have any, you know, peer-reviewed science on this sort of stuff specific to hop um, responses to low light, but but it's our it's our understanding and and a pretty short mental leap um, to think that photosynthesis and and general plant metabolism will slow down in in low light conditions. You know, not that it's not that it's particularly relevant, but my tomatoes at home sucked this year, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't through inattention or lack of love for once. And I, I guess that's one of the things that you can just do nothing about. Like there, there aren't rivers of sunlight you can tap into. We talk about um, we talk about executing the things that we can control, and so we can't yeah. make it rain, and we can't blow the clouds away. The Tasmanian state government uh, tried to seed clouds 
for a period of time there and that was disastrous so let's not go there um, so so yeah we talk about uh owning the things that we can manage and and executing them and um and you know there's always a a little bit of a, of a let's you know get what we get but if we execute what we can we we can we can be proud of our efforts Okay. Let's look at some of the production volumes specifically. Um, Galaxy, uh, just over a thousand uh, metric tons for a three and a half percent year on year variation. Was there more um, Galaxy under Trellis or was that just increased yield for, for existing? So effectively, um, if you think about this capital program running over quite a few years, um, it was front ended with new galaxy fields to bring them on that was the hop that everyone wanted mm. that's that was a real driver yep. so so as we've brought on and you'll see in in the other varieties we filled up what we can responsibly process as far as one single variety called galaxy goes and so that th three plus 3.5 percent year-on-year variation is really driven simply by seasonal effects and, and a, a very minor um, maturation um, uh, coming in there for the last new paddocks so have you have you increased the acreage the Galaxy has? Only early. We rapidly, significantly increased Galaxy yep. early in this capital program. So right. last year when we were putting in new fields, there was only Vic Secret and Eclipse going in. And this is to mm -hmm. manage that harvest window concern that we need to bring in a variety, you know, and manage a variety's harvest timing in a responsible way so we don't get really long tails at either end of a, a, a modest sweet spot, if, um, if, if that's an adequate description. Yep. Um, Vic Secret uh, up 24% this year. Yep. Significant increase due to, you know, structural support, new new gardens. New gardens. How was the yield for that? In established gardens, it was really quite satisfactory. Um, the new blocks, as I sort of prefaced early in the piece, the, the new blocks were a little underweight um, and perhaps um, baby plants with smaller root systems, et cetera, are more affected by whatever climate they're experiencing in the growing season. I, th I think that kind of makes sense to me that they're not as robust as a mature plant. Uh, Ella, 96 um, metric tonnes. Yep, up 6.5%. So so Ella was an interesting one. After after having a really tough season last year, we went to work on uh, on really micromanaging Ella and, um, and it was very pleasing to see it recover um, from last year's crop. Again, this is this is a off a fixed acreage. Yep, Eclipse ninety four metric tons uh, up eighty seven percent. Obviously, off a very low base, it's going to leapfrog into your, your third largest hop next year. Yes, and um, it might have got there with a fair breeze this year. Uh, just sitting two, <laughs> literally two tons behind Ella. Um, yeah. So next year, you know, we're sort of almost planning. I, th I think just off the top of my head, we're almost planning to double that uh, next year. So. So it'll, it'll be well and truly positioned as uh, the third hop by volume. And Enigma 86, sitting around just 1.5% growth, it, it, it's going to stay fairly constant, you, you, you think? I do, I do. Um, Enigma's uh, uh, Tasmanian grown, um, so only in Tassie, and uh, it, it's also on a, on a fixed acreage at this stage, so that represents um, you know, quite a really consistent result from last year. And I, I must say, like, and I know we'll get to it, but walking through the Enigma fields this year, um, they were looking absolutely magnificent. And I, I guess just Topaz down 18.4%. Was that um, reduced demand for it? 
no grubbing some out in the small print there is um oh, sorry. is the block uh, the, oh, the hail a, damage a significantly right. productive area got uh, got whacked by uh, hail so you know uh, it always brings me back to you know the vagrancies here the the, the foibles of uh, agriculture um you know again we can't control that and and uh 18 it, it does represent more than our buffer um but again between um, the buffer and some positions that we can manage, you know, we'll, we'll cover contracts. And uh, Cascade down 10% to 25 metric tonnes. It's Again, it's one that there is demand. There's just, I won't say rusted on demand because the people that love it just love it for very good reason. And Little Creatures is one. Mm. I think uh, Russ Gosling described it as a Kate Blanchett um, compared to, to, to the imported uh, version. Yeah, and it's um, that's off a, a fixed acreage. So that, that does represent a tough season for Cascade. And again, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see a almost non-existent spot uh, market there for Cascade through the year. How have the, the the hops gone internationally? What what are you seeing? You know the, the take up of a, of um, Eclipse, for example, uh, in in export markets. Eclipse has been a really interesting route to market. We sort of went far and wide here in Australia as much as possible, and um, literally hundreds of hundreds of brewers out there through the Australian landscape are taken on twenty twenty two Eclipse. Uh, the US, we took a slightly different approach because of course the the sheer scale of some of those breweries over there means that a hop that's on a growth trajectory needs to be managed somewhat responsibly so we kind of took a more targeted approach um and didn't seek to be everything to everyone you know we need to acknowledge that if if a big u.s craft brewery wants to put it in core product right those volumes aren't there to support that. So it's slowly, slowly mm. to seed the market, build exposure. And we've talked about this before too, Matt, to, to put those sensory points in the mind map of the brewers so they understand what impact this hop can have. Let them work it through NPD programs. Let them find homes for it to make just really delicious beer. And in the meantime, behind the scenes, we're ramping up production. Um, and when they release that, that next beer that's successful, we can go with them. It, it it must be a a frustration when you do have hops that you know it, it's not something you can just retool and knock out more widgets um, next year if 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 something takes up. There is a a long runway to to get these things off the ground. It makes those commercialisation decisions really really important. You know we need to have a really high level of confidence and a really robust process behind what segment we're targeting what flavor profile we see a new hop achieving you know um, at the end of the day will consumers love it um, and you know we probably we probably tried something that was a little more speculative with um, 035 the hop that we we had in some quantities for a while but didn't ever really name and commercialize um, that was almost like in a uh, new world lager kind of space where mm. where eclipses back in that you know, Mandarin Ford, Citrus Ford, really, we know that that is a robust consumer segment um, of preference there. And um, and the, the real the real kicker, the really powerful thing about Eclipse is that it's it's super high impact. It's like Galaxy. It's identifiable and, you know, like, we call it like a 10 out of 10 impact in beer. How has the take-up been of, of uh, Eclipse overseas? Has there been demand, has there been interest and demand for it? Or is that 
tempered by the fact that anything that people can't get, they want. And so there's that almost that fake uh, demand. You know, you, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, you know, what a way to make yourself an exclusive product. Just don't make enough. Immensely <laughs> you know? um, uh, unsatisfying. Um, I would say that um, we've we've actually had a little bit of um, how would you call it? It's almost like the fog of war, right? The, the landscape's a little bit obscured and a little bit different to normal because of the lockdowns over the last couple of years and and. Um, really important as we're like like the context here is that it's going into um short run beers a a lot of the time and and of course what are the what are the what's the fastest route to market for a short run or a seasonal beer it's through people's own tap houses and where do you get your best customer feedback it's over the bar while you're having a chat with someone drinking a beer and do you like that yeah i do actually uh you know (laughs) so we've missed that piece somewhat um so what i can say is that that our channel partner in the US, um, John I. Haas, another member of the Bath Haas group, is calling for more. They love it. They're, they say mm. their customers are, uh, you know, clamouring for more. Um, and as soon as we can get that into their hands, they'll they'll continue to take it wider. And I, I think it's got a really bright future over there. In fact, I, I look forward to getting over to the CBC in that first week of May and being able to have face-to-face conversations with some of my brewing friends over there and talk to them about how Eclipse has performed for them. Mm, or we might even follow up and see what the, the feedback is because uh, we'll be there as well. Are, are there any other headlines that you uh, you know pulling out of, of, of this year's report? Yep, yep, absolutely. And and so there's always a bit of a focus on yield because um, you know we we know when there's not enough hops, there's not enough, right? You can't just magic them up, uh, like you say. They're not widgets. You can't just turn them out. Uh, but equally as important is performance, and and we've got the old lead indicators of impact, you know, of, of, mm. of uh, is this yield going to perform in beer the way we expect it? And it's alpha in oil and our management of HSI, hop storage index, um, alpha to beta ratios, all those classic for the brewers out there, all those classic uh, certificate of analysis story, the, the, the data that's on your COA that tells you a story that gives you some insight into whether or not this is going to stand up in your beer the way you expected. Now, I think really, you know, I'd love to be able to flip these crop reports away from yield because, you know, and, and talk about impacting beer because we are really yeah. promising flavour. That's what we're selling here. Uh, these are flavour ingredients and yield is important, of course, because mm. we need it. But um, across all the varieties this year, oil content is is up on the five-year average and in some um, significantly up. Galaxy and Eclipse in particular um, well above average on a raw hop basis. So our, our analysis uh, at this point is done in the pressed bale, you know, dried hops pressed into a bale. We take a sample and we do a comprehensive suite of analysis on it at that point. Really oil, really strong oil results do transfer into the pellet. And so I'm looking forward to a mix of um, on average alphas, Um We've got a whole, uh, we, we know from our infield and our, our actual analysis taken through March, HSI, the hop storage index as a measure of age, call it a measure of age in the hop, um, is low. Uh, oil content is up, alpha to beta is normal. Um, it, it's all telling me if they translate through to the COA for the finished pellet, we have got an outstanding quality result. And we, we looked at certificate of analysis with you last year for another brewery pro and, and how to read a COA. With those impact in beer results, is there anything that brewers have to be mindful of with the, the, the 2022 crop? I think there's always a seasonal um, 
you know, flag to say uh, run run your in-house sensory on performance um, mm. and and just be critical of it. is it up, is it down, is it, you know, what... Um, you know what? Uh, what moves do you, do you need to make? What are you seeking to achieve? Is your promise an absolutely dead set, consistent beer out in the market every day? Okay, you need to watch that. It is a seasonal, you know, a crop year change or or require you to have a look at. Um, if you're happy to flex um, your flavour profiles and just express the hop a bit more, then um, I think you'll I think you'll be pleasantly, you know, pleased with the, with the with the results this year. Excellent. Well, I'll, I'll put a link into our certificate of analysis uh, podcast. So, uh, where, where you explained um, what people should be looking for, what brewers should be looking for, um, all of the headline numbers from the report uh, will be linked to in the show notes as well. Um, and you may even be listening to this podcast through the uh, the, the, the story that we do uh, about the um, twenty twenty two hop harvest. And uh, OJ, is there anything else that you want to leave us with before we? Uh, Put a line under the 2022 hop harvest. Yeah, I, I guess um, I'm always um, keen to encourage people to explore the hop science and news as much as possible. Um, in addition, in addition to your content, you know, there's there's plenty of blog posts on the hops.com.au uh, mm. website. There's also you'll find our full set of the virtual harvest program we did this year. Um, we did. I, I mean, I was just I was just stoked with it. We did a really nice piece um, on brewing with green hops talking about how to handle those in, in a practical setting. Um, uh, there was a really, uh, really interesting sustainability piece where we had uh, two guest presenters, um, Lion uh, Sustainability Director and, um, and a UTAS Academic, and, um, you know, their insights into uh, the impact of, of climate change on hops and, and therefore beer was, was really interesting. So I'd say check, check those out. Mm. You know, as always, in in a time where we're a little, you know, we, we enjoy strong demand, we're a little undersupplied on a couple of key varieties, um, we are heavily contracted, I just think that it's always um, super important to remind people to spare a moment of their day to think about their hop supply situation and get in touch with us. And, uh, and you know, again, especially as it relates to something as important as Galaxy, you know, we will fulfil our contract promise from the crop 2022. And that is the brewer's best risk management tool to ensure they've got adequate hop supply. And I'm pretty certain we, we've talked about contracting so much. I'm certain that we've done a, uh, a brewery pro or certainly an article. So I'll uh, dig back through our archives to link to the hop contracting articles as well uh, about the importance and how to do it. And certainly it's, uh, I know it's something that you've provided a lot of content on your own website about. That's it. That's it. Anyway, I, I mean, I really do look forward to seeing this Crop 22 material get out into breweries and um, into brewers' hands and, and, you know, drop me an email, you know, guys out there listening. Once you start getting this crop, let us know how it performs. Um, mm. Let me know that this, uh, this crop does meet your expectations or is hopefully absolutely fabulous because I think some of these oil and alpha results set this crop up for a really strong performance. Well, it's uh, very exciting news. Owen Johnson, thank you very much for joining us uh, for the 2022 Hop Report. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in Minnesota. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for the opportunity. See you then. You can download a full transcript of this conversation with links to other information in the show notes to this episode. Brewery Pro content is presented by Brews News and is designed for the brewing industry professional. If you have any suggestions for topics that we can cover, email us at cheers at brewsnews.com.au. Thank you for listening.